Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel, Live the Fuel show here in 2021. I hope everybody's staying positive moving forward. We're streaming live as we always do now over the Facebook world, but obviously this content will end up on YouTube and the traditional podcasting world. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't bring a lot of repeat co-hosts back on, but uh, when this gentleman's team reached out, I was like, dude, we got to connect. We got to reconnect. We got to connect on some past vibes. So this gentleman aired back in 2019 on episode 296. It was called Stop Hiding, Stop Lying for Fearless Wealth. We actually had aired August 22nd, 2019, in the podcast world. Uh, and the book is great, and I promoted it. That's one of the reasons why I promoted it back then. Uh, but this gentleman brought a lot of stuff uh, to light for me, and I really connected a lot on financial knowledge. So obviously this show, we talk about health, business, and lifestyle, right? Tagline for you new listeners, we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. But the biggest thing I've, I personally admitted to in my life was I was afraid of wealth. I looked at it. It as because uh, I didn't grow up with a lot. I was afraid of it. I was like, oh, rich people suck. All kinds of variables that are not healthy. And I've changed a lot in my life already. So, uh, but anyway, because things have been so challenging since then, 2020, everybody's calling it the dumpster fire year. 2021, I'd like to see some more positive uh, results come out of this. I've been helping a lot of small businesses and a lot of business colleagues uh, during this transition with everything COVID and beyond. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the return of R.C. Peck, author of Fearless Wealth. Welcome back, sir. Hey, man. Good to be here. And by the way, we were talking before the show, so I gotta, I'm got i just going to go ahead and blend it right in. Do Loving it. the look, okay? When I say the look, so ladies and gentlemen, you hear this. I Obviously, we have a video feed. He's chilling in a nice sporty hood, a hoodie. He's got his kids' <laughs> uh, uh, kids' little artwork behind him and a baseball cap because normally I rock that too. Uh, but I love it, so... We were just discussing how his artwork from 2019, he's got this nice professional look with a suit. And uh, I was making a joke how I used to have suits and then I got rid of all the suits to go be a firefighter. And then I actually ended up buying, I do own currently two suits, uh, one for my wedding. And I was using it in a photo shoot for my new book. But the whole point of this uh, transition, just to kind of break the ice was, I love the fact that RC, you brought up posturing. And... Now that we've started the show, I was like, you know, posturing happens a lot in the financial sector, right? I'm guilty of it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are out there. You just watch social media, for God's sakes. There's people out there, like, acting like they're bigger than they are or more successful than they are. And I'm all about positive thought. I'm all about manifestation, right? Law of attraction. I believe in a lot of that. But I also believe in keeping it real. <laughs> so so what, what are your thoughts, sir? You know, since you're the guest co-host returning, uh, how would you like to continue that that little theme real quick? <laughs> I mean, I like the word posturing. I, I really grabbed onto it because I, so I'll be 50 in about three months. Okay. I'm a, I'm no, a single look dad. Good, sir. Look at good for almost 50. I'm, I'm yeah. 43. So All right. you're inspiring me. So. <laughs> so look, I'm a single dad. I have two kids, a 10 and 13 year old. Um, got divorced three years ago and it was such a clarifying moment of, it's hard to put words to it, but I notice a lot when people are posturing because I used to posture so much and 
and I said to you before the show started, you know, to me, posturing it in many ways is really lying. Okay. Like you're not wanting people to see your full part, right? I mean, and the social, the platforms just it helped us. And we're not going to go on a rant on the danger of that, but like, you know, you'll, you'll see a picture and you, what you don't realize is they did take 200 pictures and they spent 20 minutes finding the one though they got it down to 20 pictures and then seven and they found the one that just looked make their butt look great or whatever it was it's like i got it and but they still add a filter right because you got then, a filter nowadays too and right? they, so it's like, but like and, and and so part of it was like i was like you know what i'm done i'm done no more posturing i've always been into the outdoors i've always i bought a mountain light in 1989, this small company called North Face came out this new type of jacket called the Mountain Light. And it was the first jacket ever where it was just the layer. There was no insulation in it. It was yeah, longer. Shell, right? It was a shell. Yeah. It, was, it was one of the first years. And I grew up outside of Chicago. And there was, there was no REI where I lived or anything like that. But there was this um, store called Ear One, which is nowhere backwards. Oh, and fun spin. And they had, they had the mountain light. Okay. And in 1989 dollars, it was $399 plus tax. Oh, if I could, if I told you what I spent on jackets. <laughs> I, it, I know, but you, I mean, come on, that was I mean, 31 that's, that's years ago. With you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that was 30, that's, that's, that's $400. Yeah. So just, I mean, with the divorce and, and just like, wait, I, I wear hoodies. Like I, I mostly don't wear shoes. Like I will, I will, I will get in my car just with, as my daughter says, with just my feet on. See, you'd appreciate it. I don't have them in here right now. <laughs> Since you said North Face, right? We'll give them a shout out. Have you ever seen their down insulated, uh, like campus slippers? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You I, have those. I was, I, I, I was wearing them, and I think I left them outside the room and forgot to put them back on because my, my house is nineteen ten, and these yeah, yeah, yeah. wood floors are beautiful. <laughs> But there's no insulation under that basement's yeah. cold, and I can feel the cold coming up yep. the floor. Yeah, uh, So I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> but and it just it was like you know what? Why do I care so much? And I cared so much because I wanted people to love me. Interesting. And but but anyone who I mean, so I believe that people who posture are people saying love me, love me, love me because they're, they didn't feel the love from their parents, like, or they don't love themselves. So what would you say to the devil's advocate who basically hears that and maybe flips it and says, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe that's why I do it. I do it because I want people, I want to embody that I am successful. And I want these, these potential colleagues or business connections to see that I'm a hustler and I'm ready to get after it. Even if I really don't have that level of success yet, I'm in it to win it. I don't know. Like, but it's interesting. So that, look, your, there, your it's, underlying so, principle there. It's like, well, are it? But it's a, it's a spectrum, right? So it's a spectrum. Yeah. Of, I mean, everything is a spectrum in life, right? There is not this or it's not that. And look, if I went to a, uh, a BNI Business Network International, which I hate networking, but if I went there and I saw someone with like, clothes that didn't fit and scraggly hair and three weeks of unshaven and, you know, something in his teeth. I, I'm like, who's the homeless person? Yeah, true. Right. So, I mean, there's a level of presenting yourself properly. Yes. Now, 
I am at worst cynical and at best a recovering cynic because I'm very cynical of the financial industry, the big box world, Wall Street. So I'm very cynical of that. My parents had their life savings from their financial advisor. Like, so I, as best as I attempt to not be a cynic, I just, I, I noticed me having to manage my cynicism about investing. Okay. And so I think part of me was, and I just, I never liked suits. I never thought they were cool. It was something I had to have for work. Uh, when I lived in Asia, I never wore it. And partially because it's like, oh, that's the foreigner. So there was like, okay, you know, he doesn't wear it. Um, and for me, when I started working with people on money, I, like, I didn't want to have to put the costume on. And that's how I felt. For me, it was a costume. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I want them to hire me or buy my service based on my intellectual property. I don't want to put a weird view of me, like the weird hair or whatever. I don't want to put a self-righteous look of me forward, but it's like, I'm here. If you need someone that shaves every morning and wears a suit, I'm, I'm not your guy. Right. But if you're wanting to truly connect the dots and figure some stuff out, then, you know. Well, it's interesting then. So what do you think about this 2020 to 2021 transition then? So for everything that you're embodying and you're, you, re you self-realize, right. And you recovered from, and I have as well, uh, uh, is that especially now during this COVID transition and everybody else being stuck at home and working from home yeah. and working remote, it's like, well, uh, I think it actually <laughs> allowed some people to realize like, is that suit really worth it? Like, I don't yeah. need to. I mean, now some people are actually putting suit on, suits on from the waist up. <laughs> Whatever's happening down below, we don't know. Uh, but <laughs> the point is, like, also. But think about this. So I, I just, I, I, you watch someone on TV. Sure. You, you see them in their family room. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's got a suit on. And it's to me, that's really weird. So hold on. It's deep, it's deep COVID shutdown. You're in wherever, some state where it's, you know, deep, deep state shutdown. We know, like, I think unconsciously, like, why'd you put the costume on, dude? Like, we know you're working from home. Like, we, we know, we know, or like, we see that's your bedroom. We don't care. You care, yeah. but we don't care. So I, I sometimes now see people and I call them costumes and that's a judgment. Like, I'm just like, dude, take the costume off. Just, well, just, and, and, I, and I, I, just to play on both sides of the fence, I could see where I remember when I was trying to figure this all out, right? And where, where, where you were too, right? We were trying to put the costume on, or a lot of, a lot of influencers or coaches out there would say, well, listen, you can't start a hugely motivational, productive day in your pajamas. Um, maybe one day you can. Because mm -hmm. you got to learn how to put in the reps. You got to learn how to. Because for, first of all, I'll be the first one to tell you this. Back in the, I was in the telecom space. I did a lot of coaching and management in the call center world. There are people, including me at that time, back in 2000 or whatever it was, that I could not work remote. I would go home and I'd be like, TV goes on, I'm doing some laundry. And then yeah, if, yeah. if that headset rang, then I'll worry about it. But if I was working remote, because I was reporting to a headquarters in Seattle and I lived on the East Coast. I was like, oh, I got a three-hour buffer. It was a hot mess. I mean, yeah, hot yeah. mess. And all my management's like, hey, man, you should really dress professionally. for the." It, it flips your mental game. 
Yeah. So in the beginning, I believed that. And then I realized once you put it in enough reps or you surround yourself with better influential people that actually know how to help grow your mindset around that, it's like, no, I don't need a suit in my home office to teach me yeah. how to be professional and flip that switch. <laughs> so I think that's been a wake up call for a lot of people. It's like, wait a minute. If you're new. And, and we see some of that, like we see that now where it's like, got it. You're at home. It's cool. Like people are more casual. They have baseball hats on. Um, like, I love that part of it. Like, I love the part, like, yeah, we're just, I mean, there's things that will not shift back because of the shutdown. Yes. Right. I mean, well, business Twitter, travel Twitter said, Hey, permanently, the rest of our company's future, all employees. Will when it's like, so. like, and I've, whenever I did work corporate, I worked corporate before I worked for myself and I always did sales and I always did outside sales. And the nice thing about outside sales is you're pretty much only measured by numbers. Um, and so I just remember like working for companies and I was like, if you're a B player, right? So there's the A players, B, C, D, and F. If you're a B player, boss is never going to call you. If, if bad stuff's going to come down, you're going to see the, the D and the C players get fired before you. So, you know, when you're, you need to, enough to get by, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting called out. You're a B player. Yeah. You're a B player. Um, but just kind of going back to the shutdown and I mean, I like that it's kind of called some things out. And again, I know part of it is with me, just me being self-righteous about some things and self-righteous is not a good thing to be, by the way. Um, so part of, I mean, it was nice to be joined by a lot of people. They're like, yeah, this is just what I wear. Um, now, and I will tell you, like, the background was very deliberate for I, me. I was wondering. I was going to ask you sooner or later in the show. I was like, you know, the whole child art thing. I love it. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it was you're, very you're – yeah. I'm, I'm a proud father. I'm an all-in dad. If you ask me my values, the first thing I'd say is being a dad, being a better dad, being a better dad, how to be a better dad. I'm an all-in dad. Like, it would be all around dadhood. Yeah. Um, and one of my big things is creativity. I want to raise very, very creative-thinking kids. And we have drawing contests every week. Wow. We do we do lots of artwork. We do we have lots of paint. We paint over paintings. I never get mad if the paint goes flying, which it does. <laughs> and so, but to me, like art is that creativeness. I said to my kids, like, I will not pay for art school. <laughs> I said this to them, like, their kids, my, my kids' college is already paid off. Yeah. But I said, I'm not gonna pay for your art school. If you want to go to art school, I'm not paying for it. But I pay for my own school. So, well, but, but if because I mean, and my sister went to RISD, which is probably the best art school in the United States. And, and I got a Asian studies degree, but I was always doing art. And like, I just like the idea that you create. And so what I love about my kids art, and this isn't even recent art, it's just a reminder of just creativity is what makes your money grow. Like, um, Who's the um, who's the best hockey player ever? Gretzky. Oh, Gretzky. Yeah. So Gretzky's dad was talking to him about this amazing team when he was young. I said, none of those kids will ever go to the Olympics. True. Because they weren't being taught to be creative, or maybe it was his coach, or maybe his dad. And they said, none of all those kids are robots. They're going to do great up through high school, and they're never going to go anywhere with hockey. 
because they're never taught how to be creative. And like, that's a big, I mean, creativity is about thinking like, oh, you can do that. I, I didn't, I didn't know you could do that type of art. And I, I'll just give paints to my kids. I'm like, oh, she's using her palm. Oh, I would have, I would never would have used my palm or my son would get like a paper towel out. I'm like, oh, I would, I wouldn't like my brain would never think paper towel. I'm thinking paintbrush. And, yeah. and so to me, it's a reminder of just the, the power of creativity. Steve Jobs wasn't that good on tech. He was a very, outside the box. He was no, a very outside, creative outside the lines. Uh, yeah. The art theme there. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I, it, it's a reminder to me. Um, but so that was a very intentional thing. I was like, I want, like, what is my background? What I want a background that really represents who I am. Like, well, I'm a dad and I'm a single dad. And I remember when I started researching for single dad help, (laughs) because it's very scary to get a divorce. Is that few and far between, by the way, to get single dad help? Single mom, 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 single. I mean, I put it literally like single dad or how to support or divorce single dad. No, so, so we don't have kids and we never will. We're proud aunts and uncles. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. we, we, we realize like, Hey, it's okay. Like I, I, I founded my own charity and everything. So like, it's not yes. like I'm not like people like, Oh, you're selfish. So I was like, okay, if you want to put it that way, you could put yeah, it that way. Odd. But the free, the time freedom that I have created yeah. allows me to do so many other things. And then yes, my wife and I are a little selfish. We like to go on vacations. Like I just booked another ski trip to Crest View, Colorado in a few weeks. Yeah, but I mean, and we don't have to get into it, but yeah. I mean, that is that is a projection on the person that would say that like selfish. Oh, there's a few people oh. who have used it around me. And I'm like- I just, But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. I mean, I the thing is I love words. I love the words people use because they create the worlds you live in. True. Like I never ask someone what their risk tolerance is because risk is a game, is a board game you played as a kid that was confusing. The brain does it. The brain has no idea what to do with risk. It has no idea what to do with that word. So it's got to create all these words and images and sounds and gustatory feelings to come back to you with an answer. It's interesting because most people as you age look at risk. It's funny because obviously you're in the financial sector, right? So people look at risk as a scary thing. Then there's people like me who almost like, Oh yeah, let's do this, right? Like I am, I'm like bring it on. I mean, I yeah. can thank the firefighting to really rip the lid off on that. But like, you know, I, I, I planned my proposal to my wife with a skydiving trip. I mean, it's yeah. like that's the way I'm wired. That excites yeah. me. I, I do believe in. I, I have a whole chapter of this in the book when it comes out. It's like guys, like the sooner you get better at putting in the reps and embracing risk and fear subsides, you still keep what's called, uh, I have a chapter on this too, situational awareness, right? You still got to have an awareness of things going on around you. But the whole goal here is to become more educated, more informed. So the risk is not a fear. It becomes a strength. What, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I know you're big into NLP and everything else. So it's just, I'm very intrigued to see how you can flip that for people. I mean, but this. so first I never use the word, I use the word price volatility, hmm. Okay, but because people go, oh, price, that's right. There's price of what I own. And there's like, the brain actually gets volatile. It, it understands the word volatile. It goes, oh, got it. Like for some reason, the brain understands yeah. that word. Well, there's hormonal responses, chemical responses, all that going on in there. Right? It, 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 yeah. and, and so go back to January 1st, 2020. Yep. Um, I was skiing in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just like, think about this. Like 
the stuff people were scared about. The Fed, the federal funds rate is a quarter. It shouldn't be a quarter. The, the balance sheet of the Fed, quantitative easing, blah, 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 garbage, garbage, PE ratio, prices, like well, all this uh, crap. Who's saying this, by the way? Are these other experts like you? I think, I, 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 mean, I, think I think all big box advisors talk in confusing lingo. Yes. Well, again, two years ago, that's flashing back in my head. That's one of the biggest things I loved about you is because we geeked out about that, how you can't stand it when people use all this big speak. I have anaphylactic shock. <laughs> like I literally am like, I, stop, right. stop. Like those aren't your words. This isn't learning dinosaur terms when you're eight or dinosaur names. Like you, you just said nothing. Yeah. But like, look, are they doing verbal posturing, making them sound more knowledgeable? Well, yeah, they're, and, and I believe they are. Yeah. Like, let me show you how much I, let me show you how many, Different dinosaur names I know. Look at my vernacular. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, and then, and then what do you think? And I'm just like, I, I think, and I was like, I think it's the wrong question. Um, but no one in, no one on January 1st, 2020 was going, okay, look, the economy is going to drop by 45% in one day. We're going to shut down the country. Okay. Uh, people are, kids are going to get pulled from school and be out of school a year later. Like none of that was in. No, okay. No oh, that. oh, we're gonna have the fastest stock market fall ever in American history. And we're gonna have the fastest stock market price increase ever in American history. And the fall's gonna be 34% if you're measuring it by the S&P 500 in 30 days. And it's going to go up two points, some X of that. And my point is people are studying for the wrong test. Like danger or volatility is what you can't measure. Okay. None of us can measure that stuff. The thing, the good news is you don't need to, we just know it's going to happen. Okay. Right. Like, so um, I've done 30 jumps, skydiving jumps. Yeah. So I, I, and then after my 30th, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, did you go for 30 because you're trying to get your license or you just kept going? I wanted my A. Yeah. So. I wanted my A and I got it. I was so like, I'm done. You, you got me. Uh, <laughs> because I'm, I, well, pre-COVID, I was like, I finally, I have, I picked up the little book, the journal, because like the, my first like five jumps, I didn't even, I didn't have them written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, maybe I should start logging this. The jump, I, the jump yeah. zone that I proposed to my wife was like, it's like 45 minutes from my house. I was like, maybe I should start making this a regular thing. You but know, like so. the, the danger's not, the danger is something that hits you upside the head that you did not plan for. Okay. Right. So the drop zone, I did most by jumps at on Labor Day 92, 13 people were killed. Wow. 13 on Monday, Labor Day. And my sister, I got my sister into skydiving too. And on Saturday, she's like, should we go on Sunday or Monday? I'm like, eh, Sunday, Monday, I don't know. I'm like, let's go on Sunday. So we have Monday being our Sunday. Okay. So we still have a day off. So we went on Sunday and we jumped a couple of times. Same Twin Beach that crashed the next day. We went and got a couple of jumps in. Exact I got same my plane? Exact same plane. Wow. I got my, I have two sisters. I got my other sister into jumping too. And I had my parents verbally agree that all five of us would go up at once. And then the next day, 13 people got into this plane and it crashed. Um, so skydivers don't die from skydiving. They die from plane crashes. <laughs> Most people don't know that. Yeah. 
and you can't control that part of it. And so to me, asking somebody their risk tolerance on a Tuesday with seven questions about the market falling, they just, they, they seem odd, right? Because someone's risk tolerance is going to be zero when the market's cratering. And if the market's crushing it and going higher and they're in the right places, their risk tolerance is 100%. Like they can handle everything. I mean, that's how the brain works. And so I just find those very odd questions and even the word risk. And so when people use financial terms, it I mean, it really, and I don't use them. Because yeah. um, then you sound like everybody else. So it's like, they, but they mean nothing and they don't work anymore. It's like, Someone says the PE ratio is the highest it's been since 1929. I'm like, so? What does that now, mean? I, I, but I know enough because like I geek out and this stuff. And my comeback is always July 1997. The PE ratio was the highest since 1929. Do you know what happened after July 1997 to March 2000? And they go, no, yeah. The NASDAQ went up two to 300%. So you would have given up 300% because of some ratio. And the answer is they don't, and I'm not throwing them under the bus. Like no one's taught them how to look, like literally look at the markets. So we use shortcuts, like economists call them heuristics, but they're just, they're rules of thumb. They're just, yeah, I know, I know. They're just rule of thumbs, uh, rules of thumb. They're just shortcuts. Like, I don't know anything about investing. Uh, oh, that guy's good looking. He's got a nicer car than me. He's got a nice suit, right? We were talking he's about got a, he's suit. dressed nicely. He's clean shaven, you know. <laughs> the, the, the person who brought me in is good looking and younger than me. Yeah. You know, if you know anything about him, they have a good looking spouse. Just for fun, I got a screen share. There, there you are from 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, you got the look, right? So what we're talking about here is like, well, go, well would, they, would people trust this guy more or you now? I don't know, right? Does he look more stable? I don't know. So, right? It's. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, and and like, and I'm 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 guilty of this stuff. The same man. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm guilty of it, um, and that that book was written in 04. I bet you that picture was taken in five years ago. Well, even though we were doing it. a big marketing push and your PR person say, Hey, let's you have to let's, wear, let's look at, make it look good. You're in the financial sector. Right. And, uh, and the, the amount of conversation over tie or no time, like I don't, I, I wore a tie when I got married, yeah. you know, I, I didn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. adamant. My wife made me shave everything off yeah, down, yeah, yeah, down yeah. to the bare skin like you. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. after she saw the photos, because I told her, like, just let me rock that one day scruff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need a little bit. It's my look. And then she looks at the photos later. She's like, all right, well, you know, maybe I should have let you have that yeah. scruff. She's like, yeah, yeah. it does. I'm like, you see, just let it happen. <laughs> I knew okay. it. I'll shave the neck. It's good, you know. <laughs> but there's so much posturing in the financial industry. Yeah. There's so much posturing. And it it, it, it is BS. It really is. Well, honestly, what I know today and thanks to the transitions, especially in the past less than 48 months, if you put that book out right now or did a new marketing push right now, and I look at you right now, because the way I'm wired and the people I connect with, I'm going to connect with you right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. Way better than that photograph, right? So just like we were talking about before the show, it's like you and I have a lot in common. Mountain bike fans, skydiving fans, skiing fans, uh, 
you definitely know how to break down the mechanical speak, as sometimes I like to call it, because that's what I do in, in the marketing world, in the branding world. Like people like yeah. toss all this crap around. I'm like, I'm just going to talk to you like a regular human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to translate this, okay? Because I don't have time for this and neither do you. <laughs> like just make it easy. It's not even our language. Right. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's, the it's more, from the textbooks, yeah. you know? So. Oh my God. Well, one of my rules is the more industry speak you use, the more you don't understand your industry. Right. Because now you're just basically what? You're, you're just using like other you said, robots. Words. robots. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So and and part part of part of the catalyst was getting the divorce. Okay. It's like no one knew about me before. No one knows me now. I'm not a known entity. So you're saying um, pre pre divorce, were you? I get, all right, so I'm very big on personal brand and professional brand, right? So, but I always remind people, I'm like, even I had to learn this, like your personal brand is part of your professional brand, right? Yeah. You're still that person beneath all of that, those layers. So you gotta, even if you wanna be slow with it, let some of your personal life bleed through, like bring it out so people see that you're a real person. Um, I do this with a couple of clients right now. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think that's, that's what I'm hearing is that there was a bit of a wake up call there. So, well, so I think, I mean, every recession is an acceleration, Okay. right? So this recession, the COVID recession or whatever it's going to be called, it was, a, it was the first recession in U.S. history where we knew the recession was happening when it was happening. True. Because all the other ones, it's like nine months after it ended, we then learned it ended then. But this was like, nope, it's happening now. Everything's shutting down. And that was an acceler like there was an accelerant. And that's that's true with every recession. So sure. companies on the margin, they're gone. Companies just maybe they're gone. Companies that really like I gotta pivot, I gotta figure out how to get my tacos out online. They pivoted, they put, you know, lines on their yep. parking lot to have people come in and they fit like they they accelerated the process. And I think this idea of moving away from the posture. And moving be like, yeah, I'm a single dad. Yeah, I, I'm with my kids and I'm both their parents when they're with me. Uh, yeah, this is what I wear. Like, I don't, I didn't want to have to like, and I know I say getting into the costume. I just didn't want to have to get into a costume. I just want to, you know, work with my clients. And it's like, this is, this is, this is actually who I am. Yeah. And there was a point where it's like, I just didn't want to spend all the extra time. Like the, the reason I wear a hat is because I don't want to have to worry about it. Yeah, How's my hair look? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to put a hat on and hopefully they hear my content and hear the intellectual property. And they're like, yeah, whatever, dude, he's got a hat on. But what he says has changed my life. Yep. So I think this most, this most recent recession, and it's going to be different recessions for different people based on their income and how they make their money but it's been an accelerant. I think one of the accelerants in a good way, it's also been in a bad way too, where people, you know, they'll, they'll post like made 391% last year and they'll post it. You, you know, nothing about this person. No. You don't know if they started on May 23rd, which was the bottom of the market and they got a thousand bucks and now they're up to 4,000 bucks, you know, but we know, all we know is this, the snapshot. Oh yeah. Like my, for example, I don't do a lot in the crypto market, but I at least, just like in investing, I think you and I talked about this two years ago. It's like a few other financial gurus like you helped me understand. Like, listen, 
whatever you put into whatever market you put into, it's gone. That's the mindset you need to have. Like it, it, you'll never get it back. If you can accept that, it's way easier. Like it's like you try to, oh, I don't want to lose it. Like you already gave it away, right? Even though you're going to be investing it and growing it. One of the one guy's like, listen, just be, if you can accept that mental flip of the switch, he's like, you'll be a lot smoother. I forget your words, but I mean, the point is, is that you got to make it easier on yourself and yeah. to embrace these things. So I was like, you know what? I'll throw a couple hundred dollars in here, 500 bucks here, whatever. So play around the cryptos. But like to your point, so if I posted, like I put $100 into Bitcoin the very first time, that $100 is like $1,500 right now, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I posted that percentage, like I've grown my, my investments this much, but if I don't say yeah. how much it is, what, it just looks but like- But you can even say, <laughs> you can even say, look at my crypto portfolio. Right? My crypto portfolio is up. And and on one hand, you wouldn't be lying. And on the other hand, you'd be totally lying. Yeah. And so we've we've also, so the acceleration on a good part has been like, yep, I'm home. This is what I wear. I'm not going to put a suit on because it'd be weird because I'm not in the studio and we know we're at my house. So it'd be weird to have a, a suit on. But then on the other hand, there's the, my crypto portfolio is up 8,200%. Now, you don't know anything about the person. They put 15 bucks in to some crap coin, yeah. right? You know nothing about them, but because of all the platforms, there's these snapshots and, and you're like, I, I don't know, I don't know. And so to me, it'll be interesting to see how, like I'm a Gen Xer. Same here. So millennials will be very different than baby boomers. And I've noticed with baby boomers, what they do is they were taught the word, um, staples or value or dividend. They were taught these words mean safety. Yep. So so baby boomers, 60 to 80 years old, roughly speaking, they were taught if the fund has the word value on it or dividend on it or staple or utility, they were taught that is safe. Oh, interesting. They were taught those words mean safe. I'm going to be safe. Those funds fell harder in 2020 than just the overall stock market. And it's because people over the age of 60 are in them and they were sold that these words mean safe. They became unsafe. They got out of them, which made the falls harder. More aggressive, yep. And so now the safe funds are more dangerous because people were never taught actually how to invest based on price. They were just using these shortcuts like dividend means safe, balanced. I mean, who doesn't want a balanced fund? Sure. It sounds really balanced. Um, like I have a balanced portfolio, RC. Yeah, yeah I mean, amazing. Who, I want a balanced life. And yeah, right? like, well, balanced everybody's all portfolio. about life balance. I should have a balanced portfolio. Yeah, I should balance my crypto. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but think about it, like because no one, very few people have been trained to really get how to grow their money. We have to use these shortcuts. Yeah. I'm 60. I need my money. Go look for the word value or staples, or balanced, you know, or dividend. Yeah. You know, yeah. the word guaranteed has sold more life insurance policies oh on this God. planet yeah. than any other word ever invented. Because well, what, what is it's your six, position on that? Just, just one, uh, just on the word guaranteed? No, no, no. <laughs> on life insurance policies. As an investment. Key word. As an, oh, it, horrible. Thank you. Just want to make sure that came out. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you, but you, but you know why... But you know, I mean, I get why they would buy it. Yeah, peace of mind. It's like, I'm guaranteed 
3%. Yes, you are guaranteed 3%. So for them, they hear that and go, I'll be safe, right? But they are unne- the way I think of it is they're driving across the country at 25 miles an hour. There's going to be people honking like crazy behind you. Well, and the thing is, it's working, right? They're getting their 3%. They're, they're getting from Manhattan to Seattle driving 25 miles an hour on I-80. So three weeks to get there. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not a lie. Like they are getting it. And, but that, I mean, there's a scene in Leap of Faith. Uh, Steve Martin was the lead oh, yeah. character. I love it. Didn't get good review. I actually looked it up this week, last week on Rotten Tomatoes. It only got like 65. Really? Steve Martin, man. He's I know. But he, there was a scene he's talking to God and he's a total fake. Yeah. But he said, God, why'd you create so many suckers? Yep. And there's it to me, it was just this moment in the movie where it's like we aren't taught. I don't even like the word taught because there is very little learning in investing. That's why I talk about training. I train people. I rewire their brains. The army trains you. They don't teach you. And you don't have to be pro or not pro the army, but like the U S military is amazing at training people. And so I was like, Oh, people have to be trained. And part of it is we use these shortcuts. I'm scared. I'm 65 guaranteed means I'll be okay. I have to move to Arizona from Portland, you know, because they're using these shortcuts to figure it out. It does frustrate me that that this, this industry still allows that or just still portrays it in that way because to your point, just what we saw since 2020, if I was a baby boomer and what I know of not being a baby boomer, I'd be like, Dude, there is no perfect safe investment. Like this guarantee is not a word. I mean, I, it should not be included. And in my, as far as I'm experienced, I mean, I'm open for your advice here because you're you, this is what you do. Well, it is guaranteed. I mean, that's why it's such a magical word. They legally are guarantee, right? It's like well, guarantee to get something out of a little, yeah. bit, a little bit. But it's guaranteed. I mean, it it is again. I'm not even saying it like self righteous. Like it is a powerful word. The brain goes, I am safe, right? I mean, go look at the names of funds. Yeah. Like the balanced blah, 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 dividend growth stability fund. Like, oh, I'll be okay. So I wonder if they actually bring in when these stuff, well, all those funds were created. There's still new ones being created, but I feel like, because I only minored in psychology, but I feel like there's a big, so they're hiring some type of psychological consultant to say, hey, you know what? You do that branding on that fund. Make sure you lead with that word balance, for example, right? Lead with that word because this will open up this percentage of the market and they're going to be yeah. all over that. We've got a great balanced uh, dividend stability fund. Ooh, stability too. Look at that. Double and, word. Well, think about it. And then the brain goes, I have no idea what he's saying, but I know what balance it's feels stability. like in my body. I like being stable. Like, Dividend, oh, dividend, that's payout, that's income. Dividend means income, I'm safe. And so the brain literally gets hijacked by these words. And of course the industry knows it. Of course. Yeah. Because the guys who do know what the real truth is, they're the ones making all the money off of that, off your money. But that's why I said before, like some of the worst, but some of the worst performing funds had the word 
you know, dividend in it and staple in it because who owns it are people who got scared easier than those who didn't. So what's your position on the S&P 500? Just for fun, since there's no fun buzzwords in there, right? So. You mean just like as an index or as an investment? I mean, I, I, so. I literally know one person we were just talking weeks ago. He's just like, almost everything I do is, is aligned with the S&P. I'm like, almost everything? I'm like, okay. Well, so uh, this is one of the first things I say to say to someone. I go, you can buy the S&P with dividends reinvested for free. Before it was free, it would cost you five bucks to buy and it would cost you a couple basis points. But now it doesn't cost you any basis points to own that fund. It doesn't cost you anything to buy it. So it's free. And really, it's, it's been free for a long time because $4.95 is free to me. Bucks, so you have this free index that you can go get now for free. If you can't beat the free unmanaged index or your big box advisor can't, what are you doing? So I have everyone start with you start with, and by the way, over any five-year rolling period, it's like 98 plus percent of people underperform the S&P 500 with dividends reinvested. They underperform the thing that's free. Wow. So I, I just, when I go that's through training, I say, well, I say, look, your free stock market rate of return, which is not a term, but I kind of create like, so start with the free stock market rate of return. So there's a rate of return the stock market gives you for free. Start with that. You don't need to hire anyone. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to read anything. You know, in its present form, it was created in 1956. So it's, it's other than the Dow Jones, couple, three Dow Jones uh, indexes, it's, it's the longest, biggest index. Um, long time. Been around a long time. It made it through the Kennedy assassination. It made it through 1968, stagflation, deflation, disinflation. Like you start with the free stock market rate of return, which puts you at the front of the line. Now, here's what messes up people no effort. I didn't put any effort into it. I didn't work hard. I just got it. It's free, it's costing me nothing. And I just learned it's basically going to beat everyone over a five-year period forever. Okay. So start with the thing that no one, quote unquote, no one can beat. Okay. Okay. So first of all, and you can be done then. One symbol. You can be done. The symbol's free. But think about how it, it, it the brain doesn't get that because they've been taught that the research department on the seventh floor and look at my suit and the desk and the view and the coffee and the, the paperwork I've shown you and your monthly statements, 15 pages. And so now the brain has this cognitive distance. Like, wait a second, I don't understand this. Like, I don't know this guy, RC. He just said, I can do this all for free and beat everyone. But it's a trillion dollar industry. Like bullshit. Like, he, mu he must be wrong. I agree. Because- because a whole lot of bullshit getting thrown around. Whole because I don't know him. Yeah. And I, I that's my dog in the background. Usually Calvin's and, usually howling in the background, our coon hound. So we're, we're I'll give well, you tonight. Because Calvin is like using He just discovered that he has a bark. Like he's like, and, and then when the person comes, he just starts licking them. Oh. It's um, a loving bark. Nice. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, and so we are the, dog the, lovers. It's beautiful. But you know, so then the brain has to do this shortcut. Well, I don't know. I don't know RC. That that can't be true. And at least before tech, 
Hold on, I'm gonna close my door. No worries. I'll, I'm loving this, so I'll, I'll vamp while he's uh, closing the door. But it's like literally the, the last thing you just said was around that pair, uh, the the giant pack of papers, right? And I'm flashing back to <laughs> our old episode, and I'm remembering like, oh yeah, it's like they love to drown you, not just in the vernacular, but even in print form. It's just but oh, it's that, it's you're, a reason. Stimulate, you're overstimulated. Your brain just shuts down. So. The brain shuts down. It goes to shortcuts. Okay, I don't know about any of this, but he he's 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 nice. Mm -hmm. I I trust him. Oh, I trust him. Right. So our our brain goes to these shortcuts because fifteen pages lingo. I don't understand it. Why are symbols on this page and not that page? What's the symbol? What does this mean? Yeah. Why can't I get it? Like it's designed to create the confusion. So your brain has to go to a shortcut. And so, so it works. So like me saying the free stock market rate of return is going to beat your big box advisor 98% of the time. It, it, it is actually true, yeah. but then they have to justify why I've been paying him or her for 10 years. Now they've got to get under that. And there's a few things humans are not allowed to be. One of the things they're not allowed to be is crazy. So if someone's looking back on themselves, like, oh, maybe I was wrong or me. But if someone thinks like, well, that would be crazy to pay someone for 10 years if they underperform the free stock market rate of return. I'm not crazy. So RC must be crazy. And yeah, so this not is- not willing to accept that somebody who does know more than you. Most aren't willing to. I'm not trying to call you out, but we just called you out, right? If I was you, if I was RC, I'd be like, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just trying yeah. to let you know that, yeah, I'm calling you out. <laughs> And, and so it, it makes sense. Yeah. So when you say the S&P, I think it's a U.S. index. Um, it's one of the hardest indexes to beat on the planet when you include dividends. And there are tens of millions of people paying unnecessary fees to underperform the free stock market rate of return. Interesting. That's what I think when you say S&P. Okay. I like it. And, and also, too much people that's don't why I know. I that question because I, your brain is obviously, my brain's wired differently than yours, right? Because I have firefighting and marketing and everything else in, in my head. You you know how to break things down simply to people finance, for the financial lingo because I took financial courses in college. I you know I was a, I was a BS major. I changed majors three, four times. but I, So I covered a lot of financial classes. And yeah. I, I immediately said, I want nothing to do with this. I do eventually want to hire like now granted I don't have a big box, whatever. I have a, I have an accountant and I know I have an inner circle of trust, you know, and I've been learning from that. But uh I do believe in working with people like yourself who do translate this hot mess of lingo that everybody seems to respect and don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sad. That's what pisses me off though, is like industries like yours, people could really thrive if they take accountability for understanding the knowledge you're talking about. But most of us are afraid of it, right? And they're like, wow, it'll take me forever to understand that. Unless you find somebody like you, it's like, no, 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 no. There's people like RC that'll just cut through the BS and tell you exactly how it is. You just gotta be ready to take it. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I mean, there is no product called financial training. Like it's either someone manages your money mm -hmm. or you buy insurance products. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So the, the 
and I'm, I'm a cynic of the industry. Like I'm, I'm, I clearly know my position. Like, and so what happens is, and this happens all the time. I hear someone say, I've been in your world long enough, RC, but now I need someone to go do this for me. And I can't find anyone because they all want to put me in a over diversified, over rebalanced portfolio that I just poke holes in. Even at my level, it's like, can't I just, um, the answer is no, you can't, they're not out there. They, 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 they don't exist because the business models around assets under management or selling finance, uh, selling insurance products. Right. Th- those are the two, those are the two ways, but something around 45 or 50 years old, men and women start going like something's wrong. Right. Something's not working. Like I might like my guy or gal. And this is good because the millennials need to hear this, right? Because that is part well, of the target audience is the millennials. It's like, Learn from us. Like, don't wait as long as we waited. But they will. Accountability. No, they will. Because it's inevitable. They, I, I've been doing what I've been doing for 23 years. Okay. So I, I got my first paid client at 27, 28. Um, in 23 plus years, I can count how many clients I had below the age of 35. Wow. It's just the brain. And that's so from. Well, but, but it makes sense. So the brain's designed that between the age of 22 and 45, your brain's designed that wealth is income. And so we're designed to go find good paying jobs, make more money. How much you make is your wealth. That's just a general shortcut of the brain. Like, yeah, I I make 200, I make a hundred, 200, 300, 400. Like that's their wealth, something around 45 or 50. And they can be putting money into a retirement account. But somewhere around 45 or 50, they go, oh, my God, I want to stop working one day. I want my money to work for me. Okay, hold on a second. I might love what I do. I want the choice to not have to work. Okay, so my life savings at 45 or 50 is whatever, 500,000, a million, two million, whatever it is. It's like, then the brain starts to go, wait a second. How do I grow and protect this stuff? Because I'd like to not work one day really before 45 or 50, it's very, very, very difficult. I, I would agree with you. I, like, I, you I can't, stopped ripping the lid yeah. off for being open to considering this with all the self-help books I got a hold of and everything else until after fire. So I was corporate monkey all my 20s. Then fire was like 30 to 32. Then dabbling in contract work and then getting more entrepreneurial, basically mid to late 30s now into my 40s, right? So like, it's still taking me all this time to still, I'm still like chunking away at it. But I agree, like prior to 35, I was like, never even considered it. Never really thought about it. Didn't, didn't understand about what, like make your money work for you, wealth management, any of that stuff. Well, and it, it there, there's such small numbers relative to income. So if you're making 150 a year and you, let's say, say have 150 saved and then 150 grows 10%, it's like 15 grand. You're like, that's like, you're like, oh, oh, wow. Like I'll go to, you know, Olive Garden. Like the brain is just like, what's the point? But there's a point between 45 and 50 where the brain really goes, wait a second. Like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. And it's not a millennial thing. It's literally a 22 year old to a 45 year old brain. Wealth is income. And it, it continues to help, you know, your wealth between, because the biggest earning years for most people is 45 to 55. Okay. So they're usually going to make the most then, but they know their earnings runway is going away. 
And so they get pretty interested in going, okay, but how do I make sure I'm not a Walmart reader? How do I make sure once I retire, I don't have to unretire or, okay, I don't want to have to move to that sunshine state. Which by the way, everything you just said is a big part of 2020. A lot of baby boomers, people that were retired or were about to retire were forced to not retire. Yeah. That's a shame. Was there, is there any percentages on that by the way out yet? I mean, do you have any data on that? I mean, I just know it's a lot. I just, it was, it was a big wake up call for a lot of people. Like they're still living off of their savings and they're living off their investments, but they still have to go back to work or, you know what? I was going to sell my company, but I'm not going to get it. It created instability in them. Um, But yeah, so it, it has nothing to do with the millennials. It just the brain from 22 to 45 plus culturally we're taught to make money yeah. like making money. I mean, growing money is really not trained into anywhere uh, except that again, when you get to that 45 to 50 ish, it's like, Oh, wait a second. Life savings needs to replace paycheck. How do I figure this out? Um, and also too, by the time someone is 45 or 50, They've kind of, you know, they, they've they've seen the big box advisors that they trust and like, and they're like, yeah, he's kind of. When the market falls, my account falls, and when the market goes up, my account goes up, you know, minus two percent. So they start to then question, like, I, I I need to look at this. What am I paying for? Basically, yeah. say that again. I'd be asking that question. I'd be like, what am I paying for, so to speak, right? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. They, saying, they they start to question. Your that. wealth management's not that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, not everyone questions it because like I said, you can drive across the country at 35 miles an hour and you're still going to get there. Yeah. So, so part of it is just like, Oh, I guess that's how it is. And if you have saved enough and grown enough, it doesn't matter. Like True. people who have more than $10 million in the stock market, they don't hire me ever. Why, why would, why would they, they won. Yeah. Right. It's really the people who are, Still trying you know, to get to their first million or two million in the market. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it actually doesn't matter how much money someone has saved, because it's like, it's almost like if someone called up the gym and said, "How much weight do I have to lose before I can start getting healthy?" Oh, don't get me going. Like, like the person would be like, "What? No, now you start now." No, no, no. I wanna, I wanna first lose some weight before I hire the. No, no. You, you do it now. It's not after. And so sometimes people will reach out to me or my company and go, how much do I need to, to get trained? And I'll, I'll email back and try not to be a dick, but I'm like, it's the wrong question. Right. Like, what is it you want? Do you want to truly figure out how to just crush this part of your life, like without trauma or drama in, you know, just a ruthlessly simple way? It doesn't matter if you have a thousand, 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million, you'll actually be a worse investor with the more money you have. Mm. Right, so I'd rather have someone learn at 100K or 500K than 5 million. That's a good point, right? Because like if you have more money to play with, maybe you're willing to be more lax. But that's not how the brain works though. Yeah. The brain likes, well, until I have 500, it's not really a legitimate amount or a million or a quarter million. And I get it because of just the way the brain is designed. But it's like, this is your life savings. So 
this is your life savings. Do you want to just really make it work for you? Whatever that number is, it's your life savings, which is a very different conversation. It's, it's funny you're, you're saying all this this way because, and we're coming towards the end of the show, so I'm loving it because I, God, in the past two years, I think the most of the show, back in the day, maybe when you had the last time, I was asking people towards the end of the show, like, hey, you know, what is, um, what are some final words you want to leave behind, right? And then I changed it to, you know, what is your legacy, you know, message? Like I got more big picture thinking. But then part of that legacy message is also just from a, a training perspective to teach people like, guys, if whatever you're hearing right now, it just means that you or me or whatever is having this conversation is just at a different place on the timeline, right? So just like we all have the same 24 hours in a day, we all have the same opportunities if you choose to take accountability for it and reach out and find the right people to help train you. But it's like, it's like the sooner you start putting in the reps, the sooner you can start speeding up the timeline. The longer you wait to put on the reps, it means you're still waiting until that you decide to make a decision that day. It's like, you know, it, so you can tie it back to fitness, right? So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, first of all, when you say what, I, what did you say your legacy? I mean, literally the well, first I, thing is like, like, like a legacy message, like an all purpose, uh, as far as final words for the show, you don't have to say that. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I the first thing, that, like, Hey man, like why, why do we do everything that we do? Right, you know. Well, I will answer. So I we do what we do because that's what we were trained to do between conception and three years old. So we all have parents, whether we know them or not. And we got genetics downloaded into us between conception and 36 months old. So that's the first 45 months of your life. Okay. Right. Let's just say nine months in the womb and then 36 months outside the womb. That's 45 months. So that wiring, and this gets into my NLP background, that wiring. 85% of everything you believe to be true in the world was done being built by the time you turned 36 months old, wow. 85%. So if you grew up in a household with trauma and instability and not enough and danger and scariness, okay, even then from 37th month on forward, the rest, that's only 15% of all your wiring. So 85% of your wiring was done. So if you survived to the age of three and now you're an adult, first of all, your brain has no clock. So your brain doesn't know you're 43 or 44, 53 or 54. It does not know. It goes, I survived um, acute trauma or I survived neglect. And it's happening nonverbal. Right. So it's not like, well, I never got any cigarette burns. Because um, if, if you study people who've had trauma physical trauma, they actually do better than neglect. But just so getting with, with your question, the wiring that makes our money grow, what I, wanna, what I wanted to say was, it's not, it's not their fault. It's not our fault that we go look for shortcuts. I don't want to be beating up everyone like, oh, you're looking for a shortcut, huh? Right, right. For the guy you trust or the gal you trust. Like, I don't want to come off as that person. I'm saying we do this when we don't know. I go to the mechanic who I like because I don't know. I know where the gas goes. So my brain uses the shortcut, right? And so we do the same thing. It's like, it's not investors' faults like that they use these shortcuts. It's just that it makes their life harder unnecessarily. And the reason we do it is because of the way we were all wired or a lot of us were wired, right? between that, literally that conception to, 
to three years old. So then what are your thoughts on that concept that I kind of threw out there of the, whether we're, whether I'm teaching entrepreneurship, marketing, branding, or in this case, financial knowledge, right? It's like, again, we're all on a timeline. Some of us just might be further along because of either a, what was brought, what, what impacted us at a very young age, but also what triggered us to start putting in the self-worth, taking accountability yeah. for our personal and professional knowledge, right? Putting in the reps is what I was saying. Like, what is your thought on that whole concept? Because that I'm trying to align what you said there. It's like, the sooner you start doing this and getting trained, the sooner you can start speeding up the timeline and yeah. getting further down and catching would, up to people. My, I mean, my answer is it's yes and. Like, yes, I be, believe that. And okay. is that person open to high quality, immediate feedback? Mm. Most people are not. Okay. Um, years ago when I was married, my ex-wife was saying, Hey, I've got this parenting course coming up. I've read more books on parenting. I've done more work on parenting than any man I know. And my two kids, I forgot how old they were then just let's say five and eight. They're like, yeah, daddy, daddy, do the parenting class, do the parenting class. And I was crestfallen. I'm like, but I've done more work. It's like, that's high quality, immediate feedback. Those two people are the only people that matter. And they're telling me, dad, you need to get some work done. And so most people I don't believe are actually open to high quality, immediate feedback. And when they are, as you know, they're great clients. So like, oh. And that's why, I mean, that's what I tell people in my own business. Like I just recently signed a client and I I told them like, it's okay if I don't sign you. Like I want to make sure we set that at ease right now. Like I don't need your business. Um, Yeah. I've learned now over the years, like just like years ago, I've just, I would take on almost anybody like, no, I know. <laughs> no. right. Oh, you need your car cleaned. I'll clean your car. I'll clean your car. Yeah, You don't need to please everybody in the world, right? Yeah. We, you need to in, in marketing or branding speak, right? You got to develop your avatar. You got to know who you're meant to work with and who you're meant to support and then really oh. funnel that down. And then you find that 5% of the population or whatever it is. And it makes it a lot easier. Like, it's okay. If you're not ready yet, cool. I, I'm looking you for, if I'm RC, like I'm looking for those people that want it. And, and I describe it as if you want to want to figure it out, then, you know, in regards to money, this is the place. But if you just like, yeah, I've got to do it or, yeah. or God, I mean this, or I really need to get around to that. You no, know, or yeah, I guess. I mean, but you know, they're never going to implement and it's because it's bringing up feelings, mad, sad, glad, afraid. And all parenting is about feeling the feelings you're not willing to feel. That's why parenting is so hard. That's it. That's parenting right there. Okay. Parenting is feeling the feelings you're not willing to feel. And guess what your kid's going to do? Have you feel that feeling you're not willing to feel? And you're going to have to some, I mean, you're going to freak out yeah. like, oh my God, this, and this is hard. It's hard because you're like, I thought I didn't have to feel that feeling again. Here you have a four-year-old having you feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, investing is the same way. You buy something, you do everything right, it goes against you. You're going to have to grieve. But no one's ever talked about grieving and investing because that seems silly to a lot of people. But that's actually what's going on. Grieving is about really feeling certain feelings. Yeah. Um, so those walls yeah. to come down and embracing that. Yeah. Well, it's an RC, man. This has been a blast. I mean, 
that was really yeah, catching up with you. I hope you've enjoyed it. So, this has um, been great. And, and the more real you, mind you, right? <laughs> go full circle, right? No posturing, just keeping it real. Rocking my hoodie and, and ball cap. So, I know, I know. Um, I, I, I was, like I said, I was really looking forward to this episode because you do keep it real back in 2019 and again now. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, the the episodes up, the podcasts are evergreen back in 296. If you want to go back and listen to them then, listen to them now. So it's break that, let those walls come down is how I'm looking at it. Like, you know, the sooner you can embrace this, the great. And if not, that's fine. Go find somebody else. <laughs> but I know for a fact there's a percentage of my audience out there that are hard chargers and they've already started breaking those walls down and they're like, you know what? Yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm I want to put in the work right? Yeah, because that's the biggest thing I'm always teaching people. I don't care who I'm talking to health, fitness, business, marketing, branding, skiing, mountain biking, whatever. It's like, guys, the sooner you step up and take accountability for where you're at and where you're going to be going, the lot easier it is for a coach or a trainer or whoever to work with you because we all got to own our shit. <laughs> like, don't get me going about society right now. Like nobody wants to own their shit. There's like, everybody's playing blame game. I'm like, 2020 was my most successful financial year. Yeah. I have no problem. I'm not hiding that. Like I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a multimillionaire. I'm just saying like, dude, great yeah. year. Economy sucked. People were losing businesses, but I was helping people and I succeeded because of it. So I didn't sit there and like, Oh, what was me? The world's shutting down. I was like, what do we got to do? Let's get to work. Right. Let's own this. Let's go help people who want to own it too. That's like, well, it's funny. I was telling my kids for the whole thing. I'm like, everyone's going to do this differently. This is how we're doing it. So you're going to meet people who are going to stay in their house for a year. You're going to meet people who think it's super dangerous out there. And at any moment you can get sick and almost die. You're going to find people like, I was like, this is a time for us to really, this is an external thing. And this is how we're doing it. Um, and, which and, would be very similar to you. Like, and respect what other people do. Right? Absolutely. Don't make them wrong. Just exactly. go, this is how we're doing. I mean, I have two sisters and they did it very differently. So they got an example of, you know, at least two other people who did it. Oh yeah. Um, but to me, that was another great thing about 2020. Like, oh, external factor had nothing to do with your age or your religion or anything. It's like, this happened this was a global event yep. and everyone, and I mean, a lot of it had to do with how you make money. Right. True. But still like it was an accelerant to life. And I've met a lot of people like last year was great financially. Like, yeah, I mean, home with my kids for, you know, 12 months or whatever. Like yeah, that's tough. Lord, as a parent. I don't know how you <laughs> I'm just happy to see you smiling right now. You're not mentally broken. Oh my God. <laughs> Luckily, my kids need almost no coaching around school. That's awesome. We only have one rule in both houses. You can't get a C. If you get a C, we got to, C's aren't okay. Yeah, got some work to do. I don't, I don't care if you ever get an A, <laughs> but you get a B and let's do good art. Let's play. Let's laugh. Um, but if it's a C, it means you, you either didn't get the concept, which is totally fine if you got a C. It means you missed the concept. Or you gave up and you just didn't, you just didn't put the work in. Nice. Um, and it's okay if you didn't get the concept and it's okay if you're like, you know, screw this, but you're going to go back and fix it. But other than that, there's no. I mean, my, we can't always say that to the kids, but it's like, own your stuff. All right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I could be the, you could be the best dad in the world. Right. But it's like, 
it's still you and what you are learning. Like, got to own it. Got to take accountability. Well, just them hearing, even from both parents, even though they're divorced, it's like a C means something went wrong. Okay. We can hire a tutor. We can hire tutors. We can get coaching. We have the resources to help you get the B. But C means this. C's are not okay. These are okay. okay. And there's no judgment. Like, it's like, if you're getting C's in something, then we need the Spanish coach because Spanish is going to be with you until, you know, senior year. So let's, let's figure it out. And let's, (laughs) (laughs) I hated languages. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't get me going. Languages. Uh, That and the accounting classes. Oh, hated them. So, so, Hey, RC, I had a blast. This has been fun. Um, uh, I heard my my dog now barking in the background, so he probably needs some love. Uh, so, a- as we close the show out, you know, you've had two years of growth since I've last seen you. Um, what is an all encompassing message you want to leave behind? Something of a high level behind? I think you were very true and transparent today, as you always are, anyway. But and like, I mean, do you mean to the group or like to the world? Why do or you do what you do. Got it. Right. Like what is if, if every, like your business shuts down tomorrow and you're a super dad, you made that very clear being a show, but it's like, why do you help people? Why do you like, what, so I'll, I'll tell you. So, um, people have unnecessary trauma and anxiety and stress in their, how to grow my money world. Like, and, and the message is it is all completely unnecessary you're either creating it yourself and you just don't know it or someone is creating it for you and you don't know it. I mean, literally in 23 years, it's really, you're either creating trauma in your, in your finance, you're doing it and you're literally seeking out the most unstable investment. Okay. But you just don't get how your childhood trauma is having you recreate that survivable experience or literally you're like, Oh my God, they're creating it. And I just never knew it. And I, I see them both turn around immediately. And so, I, I mean, for me, the message is there, there's no need to be anxious ever about the stock market or your investing. And, and if someone thinks that seems so hyperbole or hypey or crazy to even say that, you know, that just tells, maybe tells them how much of the hype is you should be scared. Or how much of the message is you? You're really screwed yeah. if you don't come over to us. Yeah, we, got, we have some conversations. <laughs> let's let's, you know, let's start like, working through the trauma. <laughs> yeah, like and and no one talks about this stuff because it certainly doesn't sell books. Yeah. Um, but I think the message is there. I mean, there's a better way. It's without trauma, without drama, um, and without actually much effort. That's the other thing most people have been mistaught is they uh, assume income effort, the effort you do for income, you need the equivalent level of effort around money. And the thing is money does not care about effort. In fact, the more effort you put in, there's this, you know, inverse correlation to your returns. Diminishing return. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So. Well, thank you, sir. Good words. Well, it's a hang tight. Yeah. I'll give you proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, as I hinted, the return of RC Peck. So if you hung out all show, you should better have. Uh, but again, it's digital content. You can pause and come back. But thank you for finishing the episode with us. Um, guys, it's 2021. It's a new year. It's new beginnings. Uh, grab the bull by the horn, so to speak. Own it, right? I said it already personally, collectively accountable. 
Uh, we talked about posturing today, be him, RC becoming a recovering cynic. Um, I, I, earlier in the show, he actually said the line, crush life without the trauma or drama. We just talked about trauma and drama again in his final words of the show. So if this does not motivate you or inspire you to take some action, um, at least share it with other people. Uh, there's going to be somebody else on that point of change, and they need this. They need this trigger. Please share the episode. That's all I ever asked. That's why the show has been free for almost five years. I don't do ads. I don't have sponsors other than me sponsoring myself. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the book is called Fearless Wealth. It's been out a long time. Simple steps to grow and harvest your money. Uh, check them out at fearlesswealth.com. Again, all the stuff will be in the show notes. We'll have this on YouTube. It's already live on Facebook and across all the podcasting world, including now uh, Amazon's Audible and Spotify and others. So thanks for tuning in. Remember, you took a little fuel, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Thank you.